hell that I was in, I'd do anything to be better. I thought like a lunatic. You kind of just have like that little bit of hope that it will get better. You're gonna make it. This began my surrender. I am a witness of my own growth. It's a life beyond your wildest dreams, and I just have to say, it works if you work it. My story, that's what I share. You're listening to Far From Finished, a weekly podcast where we share new, real-life stories of hope and triumph, told by the people who live them. Today's story comes to us from... My name is Jack. My sobriety date is March or February 17th, 2017. Uh, just received 30 days clean and sober, which I am very proud and happy for. Growing up, I grew up with two alcoholic parents, my, both my mother and my father. Alcoholism runs deep on both sides of my family. Um... I wouldn't say I had a bad childhood. I did grow up with the two alcoholic parents constantly drinking at night, fighting, and there was time, there was nights where I would have to blast my stereo just so I can sleep and I didn't have to hear the fighting. But um, I wouldn't say I grew up a particularly bad childhood, honestly. It was uh, pretty average for the most part. Um, I did feel different from everybody else. Didn't know how, didn't know why, just felt different. And um, kind of just went along through my uh, elementary school days feeling this difference, but I'm still making friends, hanging out with people, getting a, having a good time. Uh, then around sixth grade, seventh grade, I uh, one of my buddies that live right up the road, uh, introduced me to some uh, weed. And I was like, well, I don't know what this stuff's all about. Let me give it a try. So I gave it a, tried it out a little bit and I liked it. I liked the feeling that it gave me uh, and started smoking uh, probably around seventh grade, however old you are then, God knows. But um, soon after that, I was like, you know what? I like uh, the effects of how this feels. Uh, let me see what this hype is about alcohol. So I had my first drink in eighth grade, and I loved the feeling. I don't know what, I just felt great, that warm, fuzzy feeling inside, and I was like, I like this stuff, let me, uh, let me get into this. So um, started hanging out with the older kids that were able to get, uh, go, that knew where to go to get alcohol, underage and all that, and uh we started going, meeting up at the library, and skipping. We started skipping class, meeting up at the library to uh, go and get the, go and get our alcohol, and go get drunk. Um, Should have known I was an alcoholic at that point in time because we drank to get drunk, and man, did we get drunk! Um, by the age of what, thirteen, fourteen, I had already had my stomach pumped two or three times, and. Uh, I said, maybe I like the feeling of alcohol, but I mean, I'm hearing about all these other kinds of drugs that don't make you throw up and you don't have to, you're not going to go to the hospital to get your stomach pumped. So I started snorting heroin and that was around 13, 14 years old that I started that. Um, I loved that feeling. It just kind of numbed my, numbed me out. I didn't have to deal with it. Didn't have to worry about my, uh, home life with the yelling and the screaming and didn't have to worry about anything really. It just kind of, I was just numb to everything and it felt good. I liked it. So I uh, continued using that and continued using heroin and my buddies were able to get ecstasy too. So it was heroin and ecstasy, which is a weird combination if I do say so myself. But <laughs> did that for from 
I'd say 13, 14, all the way up until 19 years old when I met a girl. And this girl, I thought I was in love. Uh, she, uh, she, had, she was using heroin herself, but the difference was is that she used a needle. And I swore up and down, I would never use a needle, never use a needle, never use a needle. But watching her get high instantaneously when she used that needle, I wanted to see what it was all about. So I asked her to shoot me up for the first time. She said, no, babe, no, I don't want, I don't want you to get in trouble. I don't, well, not in trouble. I don't want to get you addicted to this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just shut up and shoot me up. So she finally did. And, man, she wasn't kidding. Once you shoot up, you don't go back. I, at that point, that was my I have arrived moment. I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. And that's when it got bad when things got really bad. I uh, I had been skipping school. I would go to school just to pick up my lunches, and that's about it. And at that, that point, I was just done. I, I dropped out of school around 18, 19 years old at that point, and uh, I moved in with her because she, she was my sugar mama. She had some money. She had a lot of money. And um, our usage skyrocketed and took us both to a very dark place. We uh, we ended up losing a child over our addiction, and in uh, retrospect, I'm kind of uh, I was angry for a long time, but I'm kind of happy now because there was no way in hell that either of us were ready for it, for to be parents. We were very deep into our addiction, and um, got to the point where I was just I didn't know what to do anymore, and um, but I knew I had a problem. I knew I had a big problem and that I was going to end up dead if I didn't do something about it. And uh, a couple of my friends that I had had uh, been using with had uh, somehow gotten clean and were staying clean. And they uh, they told me about this place that I can go to to help my help help me get my mind right again and to get off the drugs for a while. And that was my first rehab went down to Florida for it. And through uh through that rehab I met a bunch of amazing people that uh met regularly to help talk about their problems and help stay help them stay sober. So said, "Hey, why not? This could work." So I tried it out. Uh met with these people on a daily basis and for a while I did stay sober. Relapse is a part of my story though. I uh I stopped meeting with those people, stopped talking about my problems, kind of started isolating again. And next thing I know, I started drinking again. And after about eight months of without using heroin, I ended up using one more time. Well, unfortunately, not just one more time. Um, led me down, went back home, and that's when I started using it. Led me down a bad path uh, Stealing from my parents, stealing from anyone that I could, uh, and it got me kicked out of my house, and I wound up having to live on the streets. Um, and where I come from, it gets cold in the winter time. It gets cold at night. We're talking like 10, 15 degrees, kind of cold. And I didn't have a problem as long as I had that. As long as I had 20 bucks in my pocket to get to put in, uh, get my sack and be good to go, I was okay. And I continued on with that for another four years before things just got so bad that I was 
man, I must have weighed like 100 pounds soaking wet, um, killing my family, killing my friends and people that cared about me. But I didn't think that I was. I thought the only person I was hurting was myself until one of my best friends and we're talking like this guy's six foot two 300 something pounds of pure muscle i saw him break down and cry saying that you're 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 killing yourself jack you're gonna die and i don't want to i don't want to go to your funeral you need help and that broke me down and decided to come out to uh las vegas to seek treatment one more time came out here and um got some clean time again started doing the right thing talking to the people, talking to the right people, hanging around the right places. And I, I thought I, I was in it to win it. Um, unfortunately, that relapse is, again, a part of my story and uh, got a little too comfortable with my, uh, with my sobriety and what I was doing and uh, got a little money in my pocket. Things started going good again. I got the job. I was about to get the car and a little money in my pocket. And I was, uh, I wound up being um face to face in a situation where someone else was clearly high and I didn't walk away and I wound up putting the needle in my arm one more time it was uh that was it wasn't the longest it wasn't a very long run at all it wasn't as bad as it was as it had been back home being homeless in the cold and all that but it was bad enough to a point where it woke me up to because I was uh in the back of a vehicle that I don't I didn't quite own yet I couldn't sleep I literally was picking the skin off of my ankles because they were that itch was so great I couldn't just stop scratching and all I wanted to do was sleep but I didn't want to use anymore and I wound up having to uh crying put a needle in my arm one more time just so I can sleep and the next uh, morning, I wound up running to one of my friends and saying, I need help. He got me into a detox center. I detoxed for my last time. And I've been just trying to do the right thing ever since. I've been uh, been staying strong in my sobriety. I've been talking to uh, sober people, sober friends. Uh, I have a man helping me out in my life today that he's an amazing guy. And he I can call him whenever I'm feeling some type of way or I can call him about anything anytime any time of the day he may not always pick up but he will always give me a call back and make sure that I'm all right and uh he helps me today and that's what I need because I can't do this by myself I need I need the help of my fellow addicts that are in sobriety that want to stay clean because there are people that are in sobriety that don't necessarily want to stay clean they they want they're doing this for maybe the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the wife, the husband, the kids, or maybe just because they got a nudge from the judge. And um, I got to be mindful of who I associate with today because I know that there are people that want to see me do good, and want and there are people that don't want to see me do good. There are people that want that are, want to help and will help, and there are people that say that they will, but they all they're looking for is to use you. So. I'm very mindful of who I hang out with today. And uh, I try and stay close to the ones, cl- I, I, as they say, I like to stay close to the winners because I see, I see, the, I see the winners winning. I see them staying sober every day. I'm take, I take my sobriety a day at a time because I can't, if I start future tripping, I'm going to wind up taking myself back out. If I start focusing on the past too much, I'm going to get into a depression and take myself back out. And I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back out today. I want to 
I want to stay clean. And I want to stay sober because sobriety is, has, has so many gifts and I've only experienced very little of it so far. And I want to experience all the gifts that everyone has been talking about. Getting uh, the career back, getting, starting a family, having 30, 40 years of sobriety and being able to be happy with myself. Because I'm that's that's one of my biggest problems is that I'm not happy with me and that's why I use. It took years and years to figure that out, but I see what I see my addiction for what it is today, and it's just Jack being insecure, sad, and lonely, and I don't have to go and pick up because of that anymore. I can go and talk about my insecurities, talk about my fears, talk about my uh, self-doubt with somebody today and they can help me and I can allow them to help me because I was never the guy. I was growing up uh, in a family. Growing up, I was told, you're a man, deal with it. You'll get through it. But I don't have to get through it by myself anymore. I know I can go and talk to people could talk to people, other people in sobriety and share my experience, strength, and hope with them. And they could share theirs with me. And that, can, that helps keep me sober on a daily basis. And uh, that's all I want today is to stay sober. I want, uh, I want a life away from my addiction. I know my addiction will never leave me. It's always going to be there. But I don't have to succumb to it anymore. I can stay strong and stay above it. And we all can. I mean, I, my, only, my only wish and prayer today is that I stay sober and so does my fellow addicts and that my fellow addicts that, haven't, uh, that aren't in sobriety yet make it, that, make it here. Because for heroin addicts especially, we don't live very long. We don't have a long life expectancy because especially, ex- like, especially if you shoot up, snorting is bad. It's bad enough as it is. But when you shoot up, man, we don't live long. It's, all it takes is that one time. And we're out. We die. So, I, I mean, I'm just grateful that I'm here today. Because I have died before. I died for a minute and 28 seconds. I was lucky enough to be brought back to life. I just, I'm grateful for the gift of sobriety today. And I hope that a day at a time I can continue to be and stay sober. And I hope that one day that every uh, addict can get into a, uh, get into the sobriety that I have because my sobriety is strong today and I want to keep it that way. And I just pray that we all make it and that we can all help each other and lean on each other when we need to, because there are good days and there are bad days. And then there are royally bad days. (laughs) We all know those days, but we just need to pick up our toolkits and be able to talk to, uh, talk it out, play that tape when we feel that we want to go pick up a drink or a drug play that tape through in our heads and just see where that's going to lead us because it always leads us to the same place, jails, institutions, and death. And uh, today we have a choice. We have that choice to not go to jail because of our addiction, not go to institutions because of our addiction, and not die. We could be responsible and accepting ex- accepted people in our societies. We could be loving fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives. We can take care of the things that are important in our lives today. And we don't have to pick up over it if we have a bad day today or if we have a bad day in the future. We can make sure that we're 
we stay strong and we lean on each other and do the right thing. And um, yeah, I just uh, I just hope that we can all learn from each other because that's what this is all about. That's what addiction is all about, and being in recovery is all about is learning from each other and leaning on each other and staying sober and being strong for each other when we can't be strong for ourselves.